0: Welcome to the North Group Podcast. At North Group, we are invited into organizations to influence leadership and organizational behavior. It is absolutely fascinating work. Today, we invite you into one of those conversations.
1: Welcome back to the North Group Podcast. My name is Jerry Murray, and I am joined once again by my friends, Brian Black, Hey, Jerry, good to be with you again. Great. Good to be with you, Brian. And Laurent Lehman. Hi again. Great to be back for round two. Yeah, round two. Welcome. And this is a two-part podcast describing the unique way that our team at North Group serves business owners, their families, and organizations in the area of ownership succession planning. So just a very brief recap from part one of our podcast. During that conversation, we spent time defining succession planning the timing, and the significant challenge of the process. Today, we're gonna dig into the process itself. Sound good?
0: Sounds great, let's go.
1: All right, let's go. So, Laurent, as we begin to engage with clients, where do we start? What is the first step in an effective succession planning process, and what value does this step offer to the process?
2: We enter most new engagements at North Group and especially our succession planning engagements as well with an assessment. Typically we would expand this assessment to be both an organizational health assessment as well as an assessment of the family. Hmm. And by assessment we simply mean a discovery process, a a series of interviews where we talk to all the folks involved from uh, leaders in the business, owners, family members, key executives, Uh, sometimes family members not in the business or spouses, enough to get a good overall view of where are we today, Mm -hmm. take a snapshot of what's going on in the business and the family, where are we heading. This is typically an 8- to 10-week process to gather the information, have the interviews, and then assemble it into a report, which we present back to those that were involved. And the report includes our observations. We call them themes and threads, things Mm -hmm. we pick up through the process. And these observations are then coupled with some recommendations that we make to the owners and the family about how we think it may make sense to proceed. Mm -hmm. And then we work together to come up with a plan of, uh, you know, where do we go from here? And uh, then we proceed with the the nuts and bolts of the planning and the discussions.
1: Yeah. Brian, what would be some examples of the categories of observations that we might be listening for and collecting in, in this assessment? Yeah,
0: absolutely. And every time that we're looking at an organization and a family, you know, there's really three legs of the stool that I think Laurent teased out in part one. Mm -hmm. We're thinking about the owner. Is the owner ready to go? Yeah. You know, are they motivated? Are they ready to move forward? Do we have a next generation? And whether that's family or not that's being prepared, and then do we have a healthy business? So Mm -hmm. when we think about observations, tie that back, we're going to look at the organization and say, hey— How does this organization feel in terms of its culture, its work environment, its values, right? Uh We're gonna have observations around those things. How is leadership and management delivered? We'll talk about those things as part Uh of our observations. We're listening for how things really work around here. Uh And then really, we often step back, as Laurent said, and we think about the family, and we think about what's happening within the family system. How does the family connect? How do they function? What do they think about the business? And by the way, often obtaining also uh, information from other trusted advisors and yeah. feeding that all in. So, we'll, so they're
1: included in the assessment as yeah,
0: well? Yeah. Our way of, uh, of tackling this and quarterbacking, which we'll be talking about today, is to make sure that these trusted advisors who are already serving this business and this mm-hmm. family are in that conversation from the beginning because they have unique views and perspectives mm-hmm. and they're going to be an important part of the journey. All those things will, will come out on our observations and result... Mm -hmm. In recommendations that are responsive to what we've heard and learned. Mm -hmm.
1: I could see how that would be very valuable to a business owner who has individual relationships with the different trusted advisors Mm -hmm. and different categories of service, but to come in and be listening for the themes and threads even between those, those, those advisors. What would be some of the values of this assessment process and documenting those observations and preparing for recommendations? Why is that a valuable way to start?
0: Well, and, and Leron, you alluded to the fact that our real objective here is to, is to make sure that we're at the same current location mm-hmm. as the the owner, the family, and the business, that we understand mm-hmm. where we are. That informs then how do we get to the desired location, right? Mm -hmm. And that's all about entering in the process. Where do we want to go? What does success look like Mm -hmm. for this particular owner, this particular Mm. business, this particular family? Because
1: success could look different for different clients or different business owners, right? Yeah. I think
0: fundamentally, as we enter into this process, part of the work that we do early is what does success look like? And putting their language to success, not our language. Mm -hmm. And so the recommendations, I mean, Mm. you asked about how this all ties together. The recommendations that that we are offering out of those observations, out of those themes and threads are directed towards saying, hey, we've got these three pillars. We need a healthy business. We need a next generation that's preparing. And we need an owner who's ready to move and wants to move. It's bringing those three pillars together and saying, how do we tackle each one of those together to strengthen each of those pillars so they're ready Mm -hmm. for the transition, but guided by the definition of success Mm -hmm. that this owner and family have put in front of us to say this is where we want to go.
1: We've completed the assessment. We've shared the observations. We've even documented a few recommendations. Brian, can you paint a picture of a few likely results and recommendations from that assessment process, mm-hmm. essentially the the next set of steps toward a succession plan? Yeah.
0: Oftentimes, and this will vary, of course, you would expect it's going to be different in each assessment, but there are some themes. When we know that we're thinking about how is the owner preparing, Mm -hmm. we know that one of our recommendations is going to be we want to journey with the owner, the owners, the owning family to help them develop clarity around what their journey might look like. Mm -hmm. What are the frameworks Mm -hmm. that might serve us in the succession journey? You know, how might we structure this plan. Mm -hmm. We're talking about, do we have alignment around what our goals and values are? So one of the recommendations almost always is let's engage deeply with the owners and at times bringing their trusted advisors into the room to help them frame up their pathway. Mm -hmm. By the way, side trip, but important, is often when we enter in, we want to make sure there is a strong, sudden event plan in place to Mm -hmm. say, hey, we might spend these next few years crafting a plan But we want to make sure that if something happens tomorrow unexpected, that whatever's in place protects and preserves the legacy that you're trying to preserve while we're working on the long, Another series of recommendations often will look around, how do we engage the broader family or that next level of whatever leaders, Mm. family or non-family? How do we help to develop them right, Mm -hmm. as individuals? Or as a family group, as cousins or as siblings, and helping to bring them along to prepare them for the future if they fit in the plan.
1: And, and, and this addresses this emotional mm. question that Loran referred to in our first podcast yeah. of when there are people that might be pushing or are very interested in where are we in the process. This allows them to be aligned, but also to see how uh, their internal work moving toward their highest potential can prepare them and prepare the firm for this process. Exactly
0: right. And, you know, recognize that often that next generation really doesn't fully understand what ownership really is. They've watched it happen in the older generation. But generationally, the way we do ownership, how we do it intergenerationally will look different. So it's even helping them to understand what am I being invited into? Mm-hmm. The third part often then we'll be looking at is how do we strengthen the cohesiveness of leadership, the organizational health Mm -hmm. of the business, that Mm -hmm. third leg of the stool. And almost always we're going to be offering some support and walking along to help the business to reach its highest potential as we prepare for an ownership transition.
1: And in that case, you might be inviting some other consultants from... uh the organizational health area of North Group. Absolutely, yeah, Yeah, we
0: have a full team here and it's very, very common coming out of that process for multiples of us to be involved in different areas that support those pillars that we talked about earlier.
1: Brian, could you describe, and you mentioned this uh, earlier when you were discussing who might be invited Mm -hmm. into the organizational assessment process, but could you describe how North Group coordinates various professionals and other service providers who are working together in this process. What's our role in that coordination and what's our primary goal when quarterbacking the process? Yeah.
0: I like the term quarterback, although it might seem a little overstated because it really, I think, does paint a picture of what we think about. We said earlier that owners often come and say, I know I need to do something, I don't know how. Mm -hmm. And most owners will enter into these discussions about succession with one or more of their trusted professional advisors. That's often the point of entry, right? The lawyer, right. the CPA, the financial advisor. And so our role, and we, we we believe the strength of our process and our approach is to say, every one of those voices is critical, but every one of those voices has a certain bandwidth inside of this work. And so Our work is to say, how do we bring all of those voices in a coordinated fashion and in synchronicity with each other with what the owner's journey looks like? So instead of saying to the owner, you need to figure out when to call, who to call, what to call, what to do, Mm -hmm. we take the lead in facilitating that entire process. Mm -hmm. So we'll actually say, hey, our goals together for this year are to accomplish X, Y, and Z. We'll take responsibility for bringing the advisors together, sometimes with the owner or the business, sometimes separate from the owner, we'll actually facilitate advisor Mm -hmm. meetings to facilitate their collaboration in the process. All along the way though, we project manage that toward the goals Mm. on the owner's behalf. Mm -hmm. That's essentially the the quarterbacking role is, we'll call the plays, but keeping the end zone in mind that the owner's declared is the end zone they want to <laughs> enter. Does so that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. I love you sticking with the football analogy, Yeah, but that makes a lot of sense, yeah, yeah. Brian. Thanks. Laurent. what are a few factors that might make a process more or less complex? So again, we've got mm-hmm. recommendations and there could be different twists and turns. What might be a few of those and how do we handle those nuances?
2: This is where it gets fun. The complexity aspect, I think when I know for Brian, I think it's true for me too. When we see complexity, maybe eyes light up a little bit because oh, yeah. it's very fun and interesting yeah, to dig into some complex issues. At some level, there's complexity in in every case. But I think it stands to reason. And intuitively, we would know that if you have a a single generation business founder that has one child in the business and that founder is going to pass ownership and leadership to one person in the next generation, that's much simpler than... A bigger, long-standing business that has multiple generations, multiple people at each generation, makes sense, and is a big company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, a few factors that generate more complexity that we often see. Well, one would just be size of the business or organization. Mm-hmm. You know, typically more revenue results in more profitability, results in a higher value, mm-hmm. more people involved, and planning for things of higher value adds complexity around. Taxation issues, uh, a variety of other, maybe multi-state, multiple location issues. So mm-hmm. that certainly Makes adds sense. complexity. Yep. Sure, more members of the family, both in the business and out of the business, more shareholders, more classes of stock, for example. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, corporate structure. You know, many organizations have multiple legal entities under some form of common control. Maybe it's simply real estate that's mm-hmm. held outside the business, but. Often there's multiple operating entities or other entities created for various purposes, and this also adds complexity. Another big one which we love to see is some sort of charitable or philanthropic Mm -hmm. intent. Mm -hmm. Many families have created significant wealth, and as they're transitioning, there's some kind of liquidity, and they want to use that to support organizations or causes, Mm -hmm. things they really care about. And so they probably want to retain control of the business, but maybe want to use the underlying economics and the wealth to to further some philanthropic goal. Mm-hmm. Um, all of which can be done, and it's very fun and rewarding. But it adds a layer of complexity. There's many others, but those are some of the key ones that we would see most normally. Yeah. Wow,
1: I it, I just hear so many dimensions, and and I can understand how it would feel so valuable mm-hmm. for a business mm-hmm. owner to appreciate someone. You know, walking with them toward that stated goal, on that stated success, but mm-hmm. helping to keep it all in order, and and knowing who to call at what point to to keep them on that path. Brian, you know, finally, just wanted to ask, how long is a typical succession <laughs> huh. planning process? You know, we we hear that we need endurance to enter this. There are a mm-hmm. lot of conversations to be had. There are um, you know challenging questions to answer. What what, what have you seen? What, what would you advise a business owner to prepare for in terms of the length of a process? Well,
0: that's a fun question because <laughs> actually we hear often from our entrepreneur clients who are very driven and very outcome oriented. Mm-hmm. I've had clients, I'm sure you have too, you know, who slam the table and say, how long is this gonna take? And we understand <laughs> right, that that's a, right. a common question. <laughs> right. And we recognize that there's a couple things I'd say in response to that. It is going to take some time and I'll, I'll, I'll build that out. Why is it gonna take some time? Because we normally have a series of things to tackle. Up front, we're gonna grab almost always what we would call the low-hanging fruit, Mm -hmm. things that we can see structurally, perhaps putting some safety nets in place, and they're they're gonna feel like strong winds on the journey, but yet we're still moving down the field. It's just putting us in position for the future. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the work that we do beyond the technical is helping people Mm -hmm. to prepare themselves and position themselves, whether it's the older generation, the next generation, a team in the business to be ready for those transition events. Mm-hmm. And so what we're talking about here is adult behavior modification. <laughs> right. Being very honest, a lot of times we're asking people to to move through seasons of growth and change. Yeah. And so I like to say that this kind of process will, will not be finished in a year. Mm-hmm likely will require a series of years mm-hmm. but it's, so it's not uncommon to be on a two three four year journey sometimes longer depending on the facts but to normalize the fact that this is going to take some time to get to what we deem to be our finish line or right. our end zone how do you know when you get there well remember we always start by saying what does success look like right let's define what that is well we keep that definition of success in front of us the whole way. So we know when we've gotten there, Mm -hmm. when we begin to actualize and say, this is what success looked like, and this is where we are arriving. Mm -hmm. The intersection of the two tells us we've probably reached the end zone.
1: Yeah. It is hard to be patient sometimes. It
0: is. And it's hard for us sometimes too, because we like to see results as much as anybody else. Yeah. Right?
1: But a valuable process, a thoughtful process, a process that honors uh, the purpose, the mission, and the wealth that's been created over time, you know, requires that patience to be done well.
0: And Jared, I would just add, and we hear this over and over again, that it's common for owners who have experienced the completion of a transition or nearing and seeing the finish line for themselves to say, I am so glad that I stayed in this process, Mm -hmm. because we are where we need to be, and Mm -hmm. we never would have been there if we had stuck with our original plan just to get this done. Taking the time to step through the right gates with people Mm -hmm. is what makes all the difference. I
1: I believe it, and I've seen it too. Hey, last question, maybe a minute left here. What would you, so recognizing the the weight that a business owner might carry, the weight of the uncertainty, the weight of the not knowing what the first step is, the weight of not wanting to be pushed, but Mm -hmm. recognizing something to be, needs to be done, how would you advise or consult or even put your arm around and encourage a business owner who might just be feeling that weight and isn't sure what to do?
2: I think just getting started. Often, I think for most of us who are very action-oriented and want to get something accomplished, if we don't quite know where we're going and certainly don't know how to get there, it's hard to take that first step. Mm -hmm. But in our experience, and I think this is just true in life in general, but certainly as it relates to succession planning, Just getting started, initiating a conversation, ideally with somebody like us, but even with your spouse, with Mm -hmm. your Mm -hmm. siblings, with your children, Mm. to say, hey, I'm starting to think about this. And invariably, things open up. You discover a doorknob, you discover a way to proceed, and then one thing leads to another. Mm -hmm. So I think just getting started is the best thing. Yeah.
0: Well said, Leron.
1: Hey, thanks so much to both of you. Uh, Leron, thank you. Brian, thank you. Um, I'm, I'm really thankful for you that uh, our community has individuals like you that care, that know the right questions to ask, that have the patience and endurance to walk through these processes and can address the multiple dimensions that are necessary in this complex process. And that's it for our two-part podcast on succession planning. Uh, we uh, are grateful for the opportunity and uh, Just wanted to say that at North Group, we are honored to serve business owners, their organizations and families Mm -hmm. during this dynamic season of succession planning. We welcome your questions and we thank you for your trust.